Hi, this is Sophia C, and welcome to another episode of Science, Music, and Society. When we think of treating medical conditions, we usually think of medicine in the form of pills. But scientists have also learned to use music therapy as a way to alleviate symptoms and restore neurological function. For example, patients suffering from Parkinson's disease, a movement disorder, can have difficulty walking. However, the sound of rhythmic music can dramatically convert this unsteady walk into a normal gait. Patients who have damage to the Broca's area, a region on the left side of the brain involved in speech production, have difficulty articulating words. You turn on the Many, surprisingly, can still sing these same words. You ready? Neurologic therapists work with them to first hum, and then sing, and then finally to speak the words they wish to express. This strategy is known as melodic intonation therapy, and it successfully helped former Arizona Congresswoman Gabby Giffords improve her ability to speak. To learn more about the role of music in medicine, I chatted recently with my guest, Dr. Kiram Kong, a scientist and neurologic music therapist at the Center for Music and Medicine at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. Hi, Q, and welcome to Science, Music, and Society. So excited to have you here today. Just briefly, in a sentence or two, could you tell us what you study? I'm investigating how their brain activities um, is going on and are changed during the music therapy sessions as a researcher. And as a music therapist, I'm leading some uh, individual and group neurology music therapy or music therapy sessions to improve some functional performance in sensory motor, cognitive, and speech and language domains for individuals with um, the neurodegenerative disorders such as Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, and Alzheimer's, and so on. Wow, very cool. How do you think that people came up with the idea of music therapy? Yeah, that's, I mean, historically in ancient, you know, like in tribe, we use music to improve social cohesion in this state. Starting from the after World War II, the music therapy and music can be started as using as a more therapeutic medium to um, to heal the like traumatic um, experiences and so on. But then Thanks to our technology, now we can observe that how our brain works and how the music processing in the brain. So that's why that helps us to understand why and how music therapy is effective to the specific population. Would you say that there is scientific evidence that music improves the conditions of patients suffering from these neurodegenerative diseases? And if so, what are some of the signs of improvement that you can see? Yeah, so that's going to be a long story. I would more um, highlight maybe how use music for language skills using the um, like common and all different brain mechanisms. So the by putting the information we need to learn into the melody, we can memorize and recall easily. And um, this might be also due to the prediction uh, principle as well, because we know uh, next patterns of the music, and this leads actually to prime and booster your next information that you need to memorize or you need to recall. So that's going to be also uh, the brain mechanism of the prediction and anticipation would also can be relevant for this case. And as sound 
shape the what language shape so we can produce the speech with a simple or familiar musical pattern. Uh, for example, um, there's a melody intonation therapy, which uses melody intonation and rhythm to restore the language skills for like Broca's aphasia or after stroke or um, or so. So Broca's aphasia is the damage of the Broca's area in the left brain regions. And Broca's area is responsible for the speech production. So people with Broca's aphasia have um, like extreme difficulty to product um, the natural prosody patterns. So for example, if we want to working on how are you today, maybe we can start humming like how are you today? We can start really humming like like empathize the syllabus with the higher notes because this is the question sentence. So maybe like we can use the ascending scales as a humming. And this sentence will be trained with the after humming. You can exercise with the exact sentence with the melody, like how are you today? Something like that. And some other uh, would be some repetition with the patients and you can gradually fade your humming and sound so that the patient can produce this sentence by themselves and not only for the memory in the brain but then memory processing but then brain also rhythmic processing is very important as I highlighted so for this melody intonation therapy the rhythm would be also very important during this protocol uh, the therapist uh, having the patient to do the tapping with their left hands so that they can activate control letter side right brain so that right semi-sensory motor networks more, so that speech production can uh, also contain movement, motor aspects, so that this activated sensory motor area can trigger and uh, promote your movement as well, like speech production. So there's a lot of brain mechanism, like as I mentioned, there's a prediction and brain plasticity because um, by booster and activate the uh, another area, they can bypass and trigger to use as a compensation way so I know like this was the long answers but then oh no that was great so it's kind of like a workout for the brain basically yeah Mm -hmm. okay and that actually leads to my next question so I did read about some of your clinical trials um such as I know there's Parkinsonics and then you have your guitar PD drum PD could you tell me a little more about those Sure. Yeah, because we are doing not only for the research, definitely we do the music therapy and not only for the the internal referred patients, we wanted to uh, provide a service to the community as well. So definitely for the Parkinson's disease, as I mentioned, the rhythmic pattern is very important to give them some specific auditory cueing. And um, so uh, I can give you the contacts, but then the Jason, who's of course a music therapist, She's providing the community drum via Zoom um, because um, of the pandemic. They meet once a week so that they can have the rhythmic like remedy for drumming. He has assignments, like for example, you need to this certain bits for certain amounts of the time. So that's why, as you mentioned, we are providing some drum group for the Parkinson's disease and Parkinsonic. It's Parkinson's and song group. So it's, it's known as Parkinsonic group. For the Parkinson's disease, not only for the the gait or motor aspects, their speech is also very important. 
because usually their voice tone is more like a monotone rather than having the intonation. So, and singing and more like a therapeutic singing would help to improve their intonation level as well as the like loudness, control the loudness, like so too loud. And also we can exercise by singing. We can exercise the breath control by sustaining the whole the notes as you know long as possible as we want. So yeah, so that's why we um are happy to provide the the community service to the not only for the in here Baltimore area, but then since it's provided via Zoom, like you can connect from elsewhere, and I can give you the information. So these are all in group sessions. Yes. Okay. Would you say that group sessions are a lot more effective? say like singing in a group or um drumming in a group then versus just doing that on your own that's a great question because like always you know in terms of the group like it depends on the patient's need but if they are required like very need to focus on the exercise from themselves individual session might be helpful but then in terms of the group session like we feel more united and we can add some additional aspects, like not only for the music, but then plus social cohesion. So I think that would benefit more for more like um, um, to share them each other and to get synchronize each other. So be happy more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Also, for these sessions, are they only particular to a certain neurological condition? So say Parkinsonics. Would that only be effective for Parkinson's disease or do you think it could extend to other diseases as well too? Yeah, I mean, the project name and service name is just Parkinsonic, but then it's not going to be the only for Parkinson's disease. For example, the singing would be help us to, you know, be happy, right? Like, I'm not sure if you are the, uh, the shower singer, but then like, you know, people can start kick off their day from the um, the singing. And that actually make kind of like boost energy ourselves. So not only for the specific patients like Parkinson's, we do also can have the benefits. And also um, this intervention like therapeutic singing was not for focusing on the population, but then more like a symptom wise. So whomever needs like not only for the emotional aspects, but if uh, whenever, I mean, whomever use some like intonation, and loudness or breath control, respiratory system control, like we do want to focus on rather than like um like population, but then more like a symptom. So mm-hmm. it's not limited to Parkinson's, but then whoever needs to improve and or enhance, want to enhance their um, voice control and as well as the breathing control, the singing would be very helpful. And again, that's going to be very helpful for us as well. Yeah. Like for the healthy population. Yeah. Right. So it's it's effective for, you know, people of all kinds, not just people suffering from certain conditions, um, mm-hmm. you know, people of all ages as well. Sure, sure. And also for the, um, for example, the kids, like they yeah. always, you know, learning something from the songs from zero baby to, you know, elderly, the singing would be very like easy, accessible and very, you know, I know someone's, you know, don't want to sing out loud in front of the people, but then, yeah, the singing, maybe like, if you are thinking more like a therapeutic way, singing is not only helpful to, you know, to like 
to be fun, but then more like, um, and again, like speech production would mm-hmm. be also corresponded to the singing. So, yeah. Right. Okay. And um, as you analyze um, these different therapies, how do you measure the effectiveness of them? Yeah, that's a great point because like we all know that or we can expect the benefit of music therapy, but to know that we actually need to measure some effectiveness of music therapy or like any intervention types, right? So there's a lot of a way to measure or assess the effectiveness of specific therapy, but as a neurologic music therapist, we do use some standardized assessment for their specific goals. So we definitely need to carefully review the previous research papers that what standardized assessment have been used for specific population and specific domains and specific cases. And also uh, it is important to understand patients' music preference and their experiences and their music quality and so on. But however, like if we want to uh, understanding their functional and effective level, that will be also important to the assessment will be very important to uh, first plan the future therapy sessions and second to see the effectiveness of music therapy before and after of music therapy and three also like standardized assessments will help to communicate with other professionals as well as the caregivers with the like accessible way. So for example, there's a lot of um, great, you know, assessments and standardized assessment with the score for the functioning so that we can kind of like compare the numbers to see that if it's increased or decreased. And we can communicate not only for the other health professional like a PT, OT, or doctors, physicians, but also to the uh, patients and their caregiver as well as an accessible tools. And in terms of the measurements, we do measure um, the behavior and functional performance to understand the effectiveness of music therapy. However, we could also understand the neurophysiological response before, during, and after music therapy. For example, like measuring their electrical brain activities that what I'm doing. And you can also see that functional and or structure brain changes, brain activity changes. And also if you could see um, more like a physiological response like a blood pressures or heart rate. So yeah, from the basic um, base, like behavior and functional level to the neurophysiological level, we could assess and measure the response to the music therapy. But sometimes it would be important to have patients feeling and their sense of the music therapy session by requesting some like a quick questionnaire or interview and so on. Because even though we are using well-researched and very standardized tests, the scores differences may not correspond to the patient's feeling. So it's going to be also important to get the information from the patients from themselves. Wow. That's really amazing that, um, you know, Hopkins is doing all of this. Um, How, for people who can't, travel to this institute or don't have access to this therapy is there any other way that they can still benefit from musical therapy we do provide a virtual music therapy session for you know parkinson's disease as i mentioned and we also provide the support group for the um, neurodegenerative disease so 
even though they don't have, they cannot travel to our center, they can still have the benefit from the Zoom. We also encourage the caregivers to participate the support group together so that they can, both of them can attend the session. So not only um, have the benefit for the functional aspects, but then by attending um, the session with the caregiver, they can have the benefit for the other aspect as well. So yeah, by and also we are actually making resources, musical recording of the musical pattern for specific movements so that they could use at home. Okay, that's great. My last question is for a high schooler who may want to become a neurological musical therapist in the future, what advice would you give them? You know, what kind of training classes? <laughs> sure. We are, you know, providing some um, sessions for human being and each one has a different uh, has a different characteristic and different involvement factor and everyone has a difference so we need to be very flexible so this is not one area like um like a music itself area but then it includes like um, psychology neurology music theory like biological and social and behavior science, neuroscience, and so on. So definitely like your basic, um, you don't need to be uh, the musician, like performer to be a music therapist, but definitely basic, um, the, the skills for the music would be definitely always a benefit. And also piano, guitar, and vocal proficiency and percussion are expected to um we like that those are also like a, one of our curriculum and then that's those are most frequently used in therapy so i mean to be a music therapist i recommend to you know to get familiar with the um definitely music but then also uh, find some resources like um like who are looking for the music therapy program i can give you the information for the american music therapy association and they have the school list that um, they provide the music therapy program. And also um, you should be comfortable with, um, comfortable interacting with others, particularly um, individuals who have disabilities or medical conditions. So um, I would encourage you to find some volunteer position to get um, the experiences for that, like at the like local nursing home or help with some like special, you know, the events for the uh, for disabilities. And in that way, you can have the kind of like to better assess if you are a good fit or not. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thank you so much. It was no so problem. exciting talking to you. Good luck with all your research. Thank you so much. Since our conversation took place, Dr. Kong has informed me that the Center for Music and Medicine still offers both Drum PD and Parkinsonics Choral Group, both online and in person. Those interested can check out the session schedule and contact information provided on the show page on both YouTube and wherever you listen to the podcast. However, Guitar PD was part of our research project and has ended. Those interested in the effectiveness of Parkinsonics and Guitar PD can check out the two recent publications from the Center on the Science, Music, and Society podcast website.